0: Wake up, America! It's Morning Air with John Morales, Si sí, Senor, Sarah Tafoya, Hey, that's my mom. and Glenn Leverins.
1: Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Good morning and welcome back to a, another edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverins and studio producer Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us. It is great to be with you on this Thursday morning, especially all you early birds uh, up in Adam uh, with us here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. On Thursdays, I always take a, just a brief moment to uh, remember the institution of the Holy Eucharist on Holy Thursday by our Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact, during uh, this Eucharistic revival uh, that our bishops have called for, uh, try to visit the Blessed Sacrament sometime today if you get a chance. want to bring in uh, Glenn and Sarah. Hey, Glenn, a busy day. Uh, yesterday what are uh, a few of the stories making headlines here on
2: this thursday morning well monday is the first caucus in the nation as the 2024 presidential race really really heats up that'll be in iowa the last republican debate before that event happened last night president trump decided to sit that out but as he has done throughout the debate season kind of held his own thing it was a town hall on fox and here's a little bit what he had to say
3: How will you gather the several millions that have already entered our country illegally?
4: It's not sustainable for our country. We have millions and millions of people here. We are going to have the largest deportation effort in the history of our country. We're bringing everybody back to where they came from. We have no choice. We have no choice.
1: Meanwhile, uh, the... uh fifth uh, Republican debate before the Iowa caucuses uh, took place uh, in Iowa last night. And uh, uh, from all reports, uh, this might have been the most heated uh, yet between uh, Haley and DeSantis.
2: Will any of the more than 10 million undocumented immigrants in the U.S. be allowed to stay in the country under your administration? You
0: have to deport them. And the reason you have to deport them is they're cutting the line.
3: We will build the wall. We will actually have Mexico pay for it in the way that
1: I thought Donald Trump was.
0: If we support Ukraine, Israel, and secure the border, that's less than 20% of Biden's green subsidies. You do not have to choose when it comes to national security. That election, Biden won that election, and the idea that he's gone and carried this out forever to the point that he's gonna continue to say these things to scare the American people are wrong.
3: If Trump is the nominee, it's gonna be about
1: January 6th, legal issues, criminal trials. I'm not running for my issues. I'm running for your issues. And uh, Glenn, uh, earlier in the day, uh, the big uh, story was uh, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie dropping out of the race. And so that was something that was uh, addressed uh, by uh, President Trump. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's part of the process. You know, we expected this to to happen, but uh, it was sort of surprising, the timing.
2: Yeah, the timing was surprising. But uh, in terms of maybe trying to help the party, if the idea is to kind of coalesce uh, an alternative to to Trump around one particular candidate, looking ahead to the following week on Tuesday, the 23rd, the New Hampshire primary, first primary in the nation. Uh, Nikki Haley has moved into second place there on the Republican side. And Uh, Some polls have her within striking distance of uh, former President Trump um, in the thought that she would pick up the majority of Chris Christie's uh, fans, as it were, and uh, although Christie caught on an open mic saying that uh, he thinks that she's going to get smoked uh, in in that race, so he didn't endorse anyone when he uh, stepped away, but uh, he uh, never got closer than than fourth in the polling. Uh, But uh, timing interesting, and uh, President Former President Trump says he's not exactly worried about that, but of course, that's what he's going to say.
1: Well, President uh, Trump looked uh, very uh, relaxed last night. Uh, I was listening to some of the commentary uh, this morning, and uh, he he really looked like he was in command. Uh, most of the people uh, in in that audience uh, seemed to be a Trump fans, so it was somewhat of a of a love fest uh, uh, for for Trump and some of those Iowa uh, voters.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That kind of set up to be expected, uh, which was uh, set up for him having a busy week with a couple of court appearances as well as the town hall, but uh, just another day in the life of the 2024 campaign. Absolutely. We got a long way
1: to go. Uh, The other uh, big story of interest to you and I, uh, Nick Saban, one of college football's uh, coaching all time greats uh, who won seven national championships and turned Alabama uh, back into a national powerhouse uh, that included six of those titles uh, with uh, the Crimson Tide uh, informed Alabama that he is retiring. Uh, Saban, uh, 872, won 201 games, tied with Vince Dooley uh, from Georgia for the second most wins at a single school in an SEC uh, uh, history, and uh, he, that's only uh, behind the legendary Bear Bryant, who won uh, 232 games in uh, his 25 plus years uh, with Alabama. So, uh, quite a surprise. Uh, we didn't know that that loss uh, to, to Michigan uh, would be. Coach Saban's final game, but he is absolutely one of the all-time greats.
2: Yeah, absolutely, big, uh, big job in opening there. You're quite the college football fan, John. You're kind of, kind of imagining what that job might be like. Uh, no, not, not, not really. Uh, it's it's a big job. It's a
1: lot of pressure, and, uh, you know, it takes a special breed uh, to do that job. So it'll be interesting to see who uh, who fills uh, his, his shoes. But uh, he, he definitely goes in the record books as, uh, you know, uh, some people think maybe the greatest of all time, but that's a, a matter of opinion.
2: Listening to some commentary last night talking about that, and they, they think many of his generation, once they retire, you won't see, uh, you know, see that again or you won't see guys maybe coaching into their late 60s early 70s either as it's become really a three six, 24 7 365 job now not only for uh, recruiting uh great high school students but trying to keep your own guys uh, at home too and not uh, head into the transfer portal due to the uh, name image and likeness money available out there and uh there's a whole lot more that goes on uh, beyond just uh you know what happens on the field uh, 12 to 14 times a year
1: yeah, I agree. Uh, he was old school. He was all about attitude and determination and winning. And I can say that I actually got to cover a few of his uh, post-game press conferences when he was the head coach of Michigan State back in my Detroit days. So I uh, didn't know him, but did uh, have a, a little bit of uh, an encounter uh, with uh, one of the, uh, the all-time greats, uh, Nick Saban.
2: Oh, no. Well. There you go. Like you say, okay. If you you know, if you if you you know, just are a fan and not not looking to to transfer to you know, <laughs> start up the job there at Alabama. We're happy to still have you around there, John.
1: Hey, well, hey, Glenn. As you know, uh, Thursdays uh, means uh, that it's uh, time for another edition of What's That Sound? <music>
0: Hello and welcome everyone to this week's first episode of What's That Sound on Re- Relevant Radio's Morning Air. I'm your host, Sarah Tafoya, and we'll be playing uh, with three hints today. Oh, that's the same every week. Okay, anyways, here we go, John. Are you ready for your first hint?
1: I'm as ready as can be.
0: Okay, here we go. Let's see if you can figure out what's this sound. <laughs>
1: Well, it sounds like the sounds of uh, drums uh, with a band.
0: No, that wasn't it. Okay, well, I thought the one part, and as I hear it now, it does sound a little bit harder to hear. But I thought the little screechy sound would uh, do it. You want me to play it one more time? Go ahead. Okay, here we go.
1: Glenn, I need some help.
2: <laughs> well, unfortunately, you're looking in the wrong direction there, I think. Oh, I, you yeah, know, I was right? kind of, you know, thinking the the marching with drums type of thing, and thus it's um, someone like slowly pounding at the door of the studio trying to see no, where all the magic yeah. happens.
1: Mm-hmm. It sounds like drums and then uh, some kind of a missile being shot. Yeah, no. <clears> okay, <throat> sorry.
0: Well, that's okay. It was uh, supposed to be an eagle flapping its wings, which obviously were not always always around, and then the screech of the eagle. I thought the screech might do it, but I guess it sounds a lot like a marching. So, hey, that's okay. Uh, that You know, yesterday was, you know, save an eagle day or something. So I figured, well, we'll see if we can get some eagle sounds, crash and burn. That's okay. They land very nicely, very majestically, if you've ever seen them land. So they did better than me. But we will try on this next clip. Glenn, let's see if you can figure out what this sound is.
2: That's the, the eagle, uh, you know, flapping its wings in the water. No, it's a, it's a, a little kid in a bathtub,
0: perhaps. Uh, no, but I, no. that's pretty close. Okay, so it's splashing in a puddle. It was supposed to be splashing in a puddle and <laughs> jumping. A little kid was in there. We'll give you like half a point. Oh, maybe. my best anything.
2: little kid moment yesterday, out shoveling, you know, a little bit of the snow and uh, walked down to the, the, the block and then go help some, someone else with theirs. But on the way, uh, ran into a mom and a little kid about two with a snowsuit, would be sitting there eating the snow, and uh, nothing cuter <laughs> than a two-year-old in a snowsuit. That's all I gotta say.
0: Uh, well, as long as they're eating snow that is white is uh, usually the key, because uh, other colors, you know, tend to have uh, that was my bad comment taste. to
2: the kid and the mom too, and the kid just looked at me you know, like, what? and she's like, no, maybe it... he had some. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and then you know, so their their Christmas tree was gone, and we've been talking about Christmas decorations, and uh, the mom is like. Tell him tell him who took the tree the, the grinch is you know the next day she woke up and saw there wasn't the tree there and thought the grinch took the tree so,
0: uh, well you know, you know so. if there is a light on one side that isn't working just right he'll he'll have it right back so that's okay
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: anyway
2: that was my little kid encounters yesterday very very cute had to share that all right
1: very we're nice. struggling out of the box here this morning
0: well hopefully this last one you guys will get geez okay here we go let's try it
2: Oh, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make
0: that time lots of fun. Oh, it's rubber Ernie. ducky, I'm awfully fond. You duggies. got it. There it is. Yeah, Ernie from Sesame Street talking about his rubber ducky, and that coming up this weekend, Rubber Ducky Day. So if you have one at home. Make sure to break it out and use it at bath time. You know, as as much as you'd like to do, <laughs> if that is the case. If you're in, you're still using the shower too, it still works. But uh, yeah, what a wonderful, <laughs> fun little song. I always enjoyed that as a kid and tried to remember to bring that out anytime you see a rubber ducky. That's all I can hear in my head. It's kind of been ingrained forever. But uh, anyways, thanks guys for playing. What's that sound? Another edition. Next hour, we'll hope for better results. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> right.
1: Thanks as always. Uh, we'll try it again. Uh, next hour. Thanks, uh, Sarah and Glenn. We start every morning as we always do. First things first, in prayer, giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. And we continue to always pray through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, the Mother of God. And we pray uh, for peace in the world, and especially in the Middle East and Ukraine, and peace in our nation, peace in our church, and peace in our families, as well as in our individual hearts. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from Colossians three, sixteen. The Apostle St. Paul writes, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. St. Paul reminds us that it doesn't matter what you do for a living, if you're a lawyer, doctor, a mother, or even a professional athlete, whatever you do, if you do it for Jesus, if you do it for the Lord and for His glory, you're on the right track. Remember to keep your work in proper perspective. God first, your family second, and then your vocation or profession third. You can sanctify your work when you make your work have spiritual meaning if you do it for the Lord. And we always pray with great confidence from the Chapel of Divine Mercy. Jesus, I trust in you. Now, uh, how's your marriage going? Do you have any questions or need advice? Join us for the debut of Marriage Unhindered with Morning Air contributor Doug Hinder coming up this Saturday. Doug is a licensed marriage and family therapist with 42 plus years of marriage and family experience of his own. Um, Doug Hinder, our Morning Air contributor. Uh, The name of the show, Marriage Unhindered, live Saturdays at 11 a.m. Central here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We're also super excited to have the Dave Duran show back here on Relevant Radio. Dave is focused on helping people integrate their faith life into their career, drawing from decades of building and leading companies. Dave will share practical tips to increase personal results and leadership skills. The Dave Duran show Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. And he'll continue to be on with us on Morning Air uh, every week as well. We need to take a short break. When we come back, Monsignor Jim Shea, the president of the University of Mary, will join us to uh, continue his uh, Prime Matter series uh, this morning. So stay with us. There is much more to come on this Thursday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app.
4: Looking at life from a Catholic worldview. This is Morning Air. With John Morales,
1: Sarah Tafoya, and Glenn Leverance On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Good morning. Na, na, na. Good morning. Na, na, na. The
3: rest of my life gonna start today.
1: Na, 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 na. Morning, na, na. And welcome back. To morning air, I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us here on Relevant Radio and the new. Relevant Radio app. As always, you can send us an email directly if you have any thoughts or story ideas on your mind. It's morningair at relevantradio.com You can also find us on social media, on X, uh, the former Twitter. Our handle is at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. And our toll-free line, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. That's 888 914 now, this morning we're going to continue with the University of Mary's Prime Matter series where we discuss topics that can lead us to think and ponder deeply on issues of faith, culture, and our own spiritual life. Have you ever thought uh, about what is the purpose of founding and maintaining institutions as opposed to leaving individuals at liberty to pursue their own ends? Why is having a well-developed institutional imagination a key quality? Of good leadership. Joining us live is Monsignor James Shea, the president of the University of Mary and a regular contributor to Morning Air and Relevant Radio, to uh, talk about. Uh, Institutional imagination. Uh, to learn much more about uh, the University of Mary, visit come to marylife Good morning, Monsignor Shea. Thanks so much uh, for uh, being with us. It is a blessing to be to be with you. I just want to tell you that I really enjoyed hearing you uh, with Drew uh, from the Focus uh,
4: Seek uh, 24 conference last week. Oh, gosh, Sean, it's great to be with you as well and all of our listeners. Happy New Year. And wow, Seek was an amazing experience for all of us who were there. There were more than 20,000 college-age students and and parishioners and faithful Catholics from all over the country and across the world gathered in St. Louis. And um, for me, it was a, a beautiful experience of faith. Of course, we had many buses. Uh, from the university of mary from our own students who are present at seek as well and i've been involved with focus for a long long time and so I was I was really happy to be there and and, uh, and thrilled to be able to talk with Drew about it and happy to talk with you about it too.
1: Well Monsignor uh, I, uh, I heard about uh, how well received your keynote speech uh, was to, to all those young people. What, what was it like for you to be looking out into a crowd of uh, nearly 25,000 uh, college and university students?
4: Well you know've I've dedicated the last decade and a half of my life to college education and and the Lord has placed his hand on me in terms of this kind of work. And so for me, it was terrifically encouraging to see all of those college-age students, university students, who are in various uh, colleges and universities throughout the country, who are studying all kinds of different things, but who are all coming together because they love our Catholic faith, they want to go deeper into their relationship with Jesus Christ, and they want to be the evangelizers of the present and of the future. And so for me to be able to be a part of that, John, was was deeply moving. Um, you know, part of the part of what focus tries to do in the course, the fellowship of Catholic university students, part of what focus tries to do in the course of those days of seek is to preach the charisma, which is the basic message of the gospel to all of the young people. And for those of us who have believed it for a long time to hear it again for the first time that we were made in love for relationship that we fell uh, through the rebellion of our first parents, that, that sin, um, has made a home in us and has sort of taken us away from communion with God, but that we're then re- reconciled with God, redeemed, and then we're sent out to preach the gospel, and so that whole um, that whole story of salvation. Uh, was made clearer to the students, and it all of us, of course, are captivated by it, and captivated by Jesus Christ and life with Him.
1: Well, we're so uh, blessed uh, to have you uh, as a regular contributor uh, to this show, and uh, always uh, appreciate uh, your,
4: your perspective. <laughs> well, sure. No, it's a, it's a joy, uh, John, to, to be a part of Morning Air and uh, Relevant Radio as well. Of course, I saw Father Rocky, Down there as well, the head of Relevant Radio, Uh, they had Rosary Across America every day from the main stage of uh, the Sikh conference. And, uh, you know, we had, gosh, there must have been a thousand priests who were down there. And so we had Mass every morning. And one day um, after Mass, Cardinal Dolan of New York had the Mass. And uh, after the closing prayer, here comes Father Rocky. And we were able to visit just a little bit about how much we love uh, our work with Relevant Radio and how we have the best hosts on the radio in the whole world, people like you, John.
1: Oh, you are so kind, Monsignor. All right, well, this morning we're uh, going to talk about institutional imagination. Why do institutions yeah. exist in the
4: first place? <laughs> no, it's a wonderful thing to talk about early in the morning, especially to an audience of Americans, because Americans are sort of independent individualists by our nature. And oftentimes institutions can get a bad name, you know, when you bring up an institution... Uh, The the sort of anti-institutional impulse of our culture uh, kicks in and we think of the DMV, long lines and red tape, or or how lots of Christians even in our own time don't uh, have much time for what they call institutional religion, you know, that they want just a personal relationship and that an institutional religion is a corruption of the gospel. As Catholics, we don't believe that. And indeed, when you look at the long sweep of human history, you see that institutions that are well-founded are meant to be places of deep human flourishing. And leaders, uh, who are the founders and the keepers and maintainers of institutions, are called to have an, imaginative, an, an, an institutional imagination, a kind of genius which allows them both to see the needs of the time in other words, what what are the what are the the contemporary and current needs that people are expressing and that they really um, uh, uh, have need for, and then what's a way in which continuity with the past? can also be achieved. And human beings are social animals. Uh, That's a a phrase, of course, from Aristotle. And uh, when we understand that, we know that we actually need institutions. We need communities, but we also need institutions that are well-founded to be places for our flourishing. Of course, you would expect, as if you said, uh, well, Monsignor Shea, what's an example of an institution? (laughs) Especially, what's an example of a Christian institution? It's easy to say things like, well, a parish. Uh, is an an example or a diocese, but from my perspective, uh, a university is a great example of a Christian institution. What is a university fundamentally? But a community, a Catholic university, is a community of believers, a community of disciples who are living the faith, who are seeking the truth, and then who are hoping and working and striving and laboring to pass that faith on to the next generation. G.K. Chesterton said that that education is the passing on of the soul of a society from one generation to the next. And there's a kind of institutional genius uh, that Christianity brings to that conversation, which really enlivens everything. And so I, I have a hard job this morning on the radio with you to say to everybody, institutions, even though they've got a bad rap, uh, institutions, even though the, the, their reputation sometimes can be uh, sort of stolid and boring and, and 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 restricting, institutions are actually one of the great things that gives spice and liveliness to human life because they create arenas in which human beings can really, really, really grow and flourish. Well,
1: Monsignor Shea, as I was uh, preparing uh, for our uh, chat here this morning and and reading uh, the article on on Prime Matters, uh, the institutional imagination, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was the Catholic Church as a whole, founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. I I believe that the Church is a divine and a human institution, and uh, that explains why it's uh, withstood uh, the test of time for 2000 in years and is still uh, with us.
4: Yeah, so it's, this is a wonderful point. When, when we look at the life of Christ and when we read the Gospels carefully, we see that this idea that Jesus was sort of a vagabond, wandering around aimlessly, saying wonderful things to people that got them excited, and that somehow grew into a movement uh, which grew into the church, that that vision actually isn't uh, accurate at all. The Lord was very clear about what he was doing, uh, about how he was building, about how he was calling people and appointing them. Now, some of it was very surprising. It, it, uh, it was beyond or um, contrary to some of the expectations that one might have. Uh, for instance, think of the of the call of St. Paul the Apostle on the road to Damascus. Th- this is very surprising that the Lord would have chosen one of his chief persecutors as one of his primary heralds <laughs> for the preaching of the gospel. But Jesus was carefully putting—he he sent his disciples out. Remember, two by two, he gave them specific instructions— He brought them back together and 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 even at the end of his life after his resurrection at the end of his earthly life uh, but when he was uh, getting ready to ascend to heaven he gave those famous words go out and preach Preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, um, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So, the institute, the founding of the church and the institution of the sacraments represents, at the very beginning of the church's life, an institutional genius which then has been allowed to grow all throughout the ages. St. John Henry Newman then says, You consider the early church as an acorn, and the churches, we experience it as a large tree, but they are the same entity, the same reality. And so it's an amazing thing to see how something so well-founded, of course, founded by the divine Son of God, but how something well-founded in the ground of this fallen world can make such a difference for the good.
1: And uh, Divine uh, Providence, Uh, the the good Lord has uh, raised up uh, some great figures uh, throughout the history of the Church uh, at the exact precise time when the Church needed uh, people Mm. like uh, uh, St. Benedict and later on uh,
4: St. Francis of Assisi and so many others. No, that's exactly right. So the article, which is an article by Dr. Joseph Stewart, who teaches history uh, at the University of Mary here, he's the chair of our history program and a great scholar— Uh, Dr. Stewart's article does uh, take us in uh, to various historical figures, starting with St. Benedict, St. Francis of Assisi, both of whom responded to the needs of their time and also provided a kind of uh, majestic and wonderful, simple but clear continuity. And then people like St. Jean-Baptiste de La Salle, the founder of the Christian brothers uh, who are great school teachers um, and who, who founded what could be un- understood to be the first kind of teacher's college and who today are, are educating more than, a, well, more than 800,000 people worldwide. These are, these are persons of great Christian imagination uh, with an institutional sense for them. Uh, And so that, that shows us how through the ages we're so in need of those people, leaders, who have the institutional imagination and who have the vision necessary to found these communities that take care of the practical details for people so that they're able to be fully human.
1: Monsignor, would you agree that a great test of an institution it's uh, is its ability to uh, preserve and uh, to adapt itself uh, across the generations, to make those
4: adjustments? Well, that's right. And so when when God gives a gift, a, a founding charism, and whether this is a religious community or a university or, um, uh, or a family, even families can be founded, you know, the, there's a— um, Uh, difference um, that I read in an article recently about just having a family and founding a family, you know? And so when, when human realities and and communities are, are, are called forth by God, then it is the case that the Lord provides uh, a kind of providential grace. um, And the vision that that's behind it uh, oftentimes comes from his very heart. And so when we're men and women of prayer, And when we're carefully attending to what God is asking of us in our lives every now and then, he does ask some of us uh, to really pour ourselves into institutional realities, not for our own sake, but for the sake of others and the sake of his goodwill.
1: Well, the University of Mary is uh, one of those institutions that is doing a a fantastic job uh, inspiring and educating our young people, uh, the next generation, uh, to do it for the Lord. And uh, really, really appreciate you uh, being with us to give us your perspective on this institutional imagination.
4: It's wonderful to serve at the University of Mary. It's wonderful to be associated with Relevant Radio. God bless you, John, and once again, Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you as well. Monsignor James Shea, the president of the University of Mary and a regular contributor to Morning Air and Relevant Radio. You can learn much more about the University of Mary. Just visit cometomary.life. We need to take a short break uh, when we come back on the other side. Uh, Brandon Scheitler, uh, Senior Vice President Chief Investment Officer of Ave Maria Mutual Funds, will be with us to talk about the financial markets, uh, uh, look back at the 2023 results, and uh, look at how we're doing so far here in 2024. So stay with us as Morning Air continues here on this Thursday on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with... Glenn and Sarah, thanks so much for tuning in on this Thursday morning here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. I'm so glad that you could join us once again as uh, we continue uh, to look at life through a spiritual perspective uh, on uh, many different issues uh, in life, including uh, finances. Uh, Email us directly if you have anything on your mind, any thoughts or story ideas you want to share with us. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. You can also find us on social media on x formerly twitter our handle at morning air show as well as on facebook and our toll free line if you want to be part of the program here uh, this morning uh, 888-914-9149 sponsored by the catholic order of foresters now let's talk about money All right, this morning, we're going to talk about the financial markets. Uh, What are some of the results of 2023 and what has been happening so far during the first days here of 2024? Uh, Have you heard of the Magnificent Seven? Our next guest will tell us uh, who they are and why they do matter if uh, you and uh, your portfolio is uh, uh, something that you are uh, keeping an eye on uh, these days. Joining us live from Plymouth, Michigan, is Brandon Scheitler the senior vice president and chief investment officer at Ave Maria mutual funds Brandon is the lead portfolio manager of the Ave Maria rising dividend fund and the Ave Maria bond fund as well as a fixed income and equity research analyst good morning Brandon thanks for joining us it's great to be with you once again here uh, still early at the beginning of this new year
3: good morning John it's uh, after to Quite a rocky start in the financial markets, but uh, it's always interesting, as you know.
1: Well, I know that th- this this is uh, your this is your specialty, uh, this is your craft, and uh, we wanted to you know uh, uh, tap into your expertise and give us a perspective on uh, how wh- how you th- th- thought that the uh, results of uh, of twenty twenty three in the markets uh, went overall.
3: Yeah, I mean just to. Add some color to uh, to 2023, if you remember, the year started off pretty pessimistic. Uh, you know, the R-word recession was on everybody's mind. Uh, corporate earnings were, uh, you know, looking to check back or go negative. And uh, inflation was just running away. The, the Fed had to increase uh, interest rates multiple times to uh, to tame inflation. And as we worked through the year, you know, corporations were pretty resilient on the earnings. And uh, inflation started to decrease year over year. That enabled the Fed to come out late in the year and uh, kind of phone in uh, a couple of rate cuts uh, for this year. And that sent uh, equity markets uh, soaring uh, in, into year end, really starting at the end of October through November and December. Uh, it was dubbed the everything rally because bonds and stocks all rallied into the end of the year and had magnificent years, as you know. Uh, the S&P was up over 26%, and the uh, tech-heavy NASDAQ was up 45
1: You know, it's interesting, uh, it, w- with the, uh, uh, the S&P uh, up 26-plus uh, 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 percent, uh, you know, obviously that's uh, good for investors. But uh, the reality on the ground is a lot of folks, uh, everyday people, di- didn't, quite feel uh, that way they, they, there's this perception that, that our economy uh, hasn't been doing well in, in 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 2023
3: yeah certainly the inflation uh, aspect of it really digs and and, and hurts hard right that's a uh, you know as your pay stays the same and the cost of everything goes up from rent to gasoline uh, the car, I mean, it, nothing was unscathed uh, the last couple of years. So, yeah, that certainly hurt uh, consumer sentiment last year and and even the year prior. I think we hit all time lows uh, last year in the sentiment. But uh, you know, it started to bounce back as the market was doing better. And uh, you know, we'll see what twenty twenty four holds. Uh, people are pretty optimistic, investors in particular, going into twenty twenty four. The Fed is. I think I mentioned before, it looks like they're going to cut rates uh, as inflation's kind of come in. And uh, corporate earnings look to be pretty strong. Uh, According to analysts and uh, company guidance, uh, it's right around 12% uh, earnings growth uh, is on the docket for 2024. And then uh, it's also an election year. um, And that matters because uh, there's typically a fair amount of... uh, fiscal policy that gets enacted. I believe there's already a $100 billion uh, bill kind of working its way through a combination of uh, uh, child tax credits and uh, corporate tax cuts. We'll see if that goes through. It, it, it seems to have some bipartisan support at this moment, but it still weighs off.
1: Well, it, it's super early. Uh, we, we're here in, in day 11 of, of, the, of the new year. Are, are you optimistic? Are you encouraged by what you've seen so far?
3: Yeah, I mean... it it's been rocky so, so far, and a lot of the a lot of the sectors that underperformed uh, dramatically last year have, have are off to a pretty decent start. You know, utilities were down seven percent in a market that was up almost thirty. Uh, they're uh, up a couple percent this year so far. Obviously, the year's young, and then healthcare and staples also lagged, and they're kind of following through. So you're seeing a broadening of the market. Um, last year it was just the story of the magnificent seven. And uh, what the Magnificent Seven are, they're mega-cap tech tech companies, and it consists of Apple, uh, Alphabet, which is the parent company of Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Meta, which is the parent company of Facebook, Tesla, and Nvidia. And those stocks are a massive, massive portion of the S&P 500, up 30%. And the performance of those stocks were exceptional. <laughs> Nvidia was up two hundred and forty percent last year, and it's up ten percent this year. So there's some follow through on, on, on Nvidia as well. But the worst performing stock of the bunch was Apple, up forty nine percent. And so these have become a larger and larger portion of of massive indexes. You know, the S and P five hundred is the five hundred largest, or, or just about the five hundred largest companies in the U. S. economy, and you know, these five stocks or these seven stocks are a, a very large portion of that. So it's it's kind of concerning uh, from from an index point of view. Right? Uh, a lot of passive investing is caught on. And that means, you know, just you just buy an index and hold it while well, the indexes are starting to get a little lopsided with uh, with these, you know, in particular these these seven companies.
1: Brandon, uh, what is your take um, as to why these seven did so exceptionally well?
3: Yeah, I mean they have, I mean they have some name cachet. I think everybody, you know, probably maybe with the exception of Nvidia, these are all household names. They're they're growing tremendously. Uh, Nvidia, just going back to that one, they make. Uh, gaming processors or chips, um, but they're used in uh, artificial intelligence. And as you can remember last year, that was really a, a you know, a, fo- a focus point for financial markets and and just society as a whole. You know, how is AI going to change the world? And and these are the guys that are kind <clears> of <throat> behind that drive
1: now i know that the these companies are are doing uh you know really well they're well known uh but what about uh, the uh, the morals behind these companies i know that that is something that's very important uh to ave maria mutual fund investors
3: yeah yeah absolutely john in fact you know a vast majority of these magnificent seven uh violate uh, one of our four primary screens uh, just as a reminder, we, we, the Ave Maria Fund screen out abortion in any company that, uh, that, that provides that, and uh, embryonic stem cell research, you know, any company that's engaged in that, uh, Planned Parenthood, if they, if they donate to that cause, and uh, pornography. So uh, yeah, in, in our portfolios, um, I think we only owned one, one of the Magnificent Seven that didn't violate uh, the, uh, the moral screens.
1: That makes it really uh, difficult for uh, potential in- investors. It's, it's a big challenge, uh, you know, to uh, follow your faith uh, and, and, and uh, invest in companies uh, that in- invest in a moral way and yet, uh, you know, use your brain when you see that these, uh, the- these secular companies, these Magnificent Seven are, 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 you know, doing so well. How do you, um, how do you juggle that line
3: yeah, certainly thing, it certainly makes things a little more challenging, but, you know, we've we had some pretty good performance across the board. I'd like to just signal out one fund uh, that we manage in particular, our Ave Maria Growth Fund uses the S&P 500 as its primary benchmark, so the, the purest comparison to that to that indice, and it actually outperformed the S&P 500 last year by nearly 4%. So it, even though we can't own some of these big names, um, we're, we're still able to find... Great companies that, that trade at fair prices, and uh, you know, still provide pretty good uh, investment performance.
1: Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that, that philosophy of uh, moral investing and why uh, it's it's so important uh, to Ave Maria uh, Mutual Funds? Uh, something that uh, your founder uh, Tom Monaghan obviously uh, had in mind when when he started the organization.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a great story. I love hearing it you know, every time. It's uh, it, it it always kind of excites me. But yeah, it was at the Tom Monahan. It uh, went to our our founder uh, George Schwartz and said, "I want you to manage Catholic mutual funds." And, and George said, "Well, what does that exactly mean?" Well, you know, you guys are great at managing money. How about we start by screening out companies that we don't uh, you know don't agree with uh, what they do morally, and. Uh, you know, really, the rest is history. That was, uh, oh boy, what seventeen uh, years ago? No, I'm sorry, <laughs> 24 plus years ago. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's worked out very
1: well. And and obviously, uh, you guys are uh, very uh, proud of uh, some of the successes that that you've had uh, with Ave Maria Mutual Funds. Uh, share with us just a, a few of some of the highlights uh, uh, that uh, listeners should be aware of
3: yeah um you know from the performance aspect of uh, the, the bond fund of which i manage uh, won the lipper award in 2019 it was the uh you know the best performing a-rated debt uh, bond fund so that kind of harkens back to you know you could still get pretty good investment performance uh even even with these screens uh, following your morals and uh yeah, we, we have a number of funds that uh, that that do well against peer groups that can invest in, you know, in so, uh, the, the offenders that that we can't uh, invest in as well.
1: What is uh, your approach uh, when you deal uh, with uh, uh, your your clients? Uh, what what uh, if you can give us maybe a, a perspective?
3: Yeah, usually when they come to us, they. They know the funds pretty well, and, uh, but, and even if they don't, you know, we can always uh, uh, teach them or, or, or walk through what the moral screens are. But I'd say our, our investor base is, is very enthusiastic about the cause and what we're doing and, and, and understand uh, the, the whole approach to morally responsible investing
1: of uh, the different uh, Avi Maria funds. Uh, wh- which ones are, are you the most enthusiastic uh, about uh, here at the beginning of uh, this new year?
3: <laughs> well, I have a biased opinion because I manage two of them, but uh, I like our rising dividend fund. It's uh, had a rough go of it last year as dividend stocks uh, kind of you know, underperformed the market, but I like the way it uh, the way it's positioned. I, lo- I like the the companies that are in there in that particular fund. They're uh, they have fortress-like balance sheets, uh, great management teams. Uh, some of the names you've heard of, uh, other ones kind of fly under the radar, but are just exceptional businesses that continue to compound year over year. And then obviously there's the dividend component to it, so it offers a little bit of safety in a down market. Uh, it, that fund tends to outperform when. When things get a little dicey uh, in the economy, but that uh, that fund, in my opinion, is uh, I, I, I think it's well positioned uh, in any market. But hey, I'm I'm a little biased.
1: <laughs> and uh, is is there a, any other fund to keep an eye on?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have a, we have a value fund. Values underperformed uh, growth last year tremendously. Um, you know the, the way financial markets usually work. It's kind of a give and a take. I think I mentioned uh, you know th- three of the uh, the index- indexes that underperformed the most last year, up the most this year. So so value, if you believe, yeah, you know, that's going to start to come back in vogue. Uh, maybe growth starts to you know, pare back a little bit. Um, I think our growth fund is still well positioned. It's it's a what we consider a GARP fund. It's growth at a reasonable price. We're not paying up for for growth. So. Yeah, I mean, I like that fund as well. I mean, I, I think they're all unique in their own, you know, various characteristics. We have a world fund too, so it goes around the world and invests in various foreign markets, emerging markets of underperformed U.S. equities. So there, you know, might be a place for that. Really, all of all the funds, if you wanted to, you know, take various position, positions in each one, I think you can't go wrong with an approach like that.
1: Uh, Brandon, final moments. Uh, Where where can our listeners go to learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds?
3: Yeah, you can find us at uh, AveMariaFunds.com. And if you'd like to speak to somebody in person, uh, we have an 800 number. It's 866-AVE-MARIA.
1: Brandon, as always, I uh, really appreciate you being with us uh, and uh, uh, appreciate your uh, perspective uh, on uh, this upcoming uh, new year in the markets. Uh, thanks again. Thanks, Don. Brandon Scheidler, the Senior Vice President and Chief Investment Officer at Ave Maria Mutual Funds. And now it is time for yet another episode of Glenn Story Corner.
2: Our story today is called, My Next Door Neighbors by Joseph Mazella. My next door neighbors are a quiet lot. They're the most peaceful neighbors I've ever had. In 30 years living here, they've never had a party or played loud music or had a nasty argument. They've never bothered me or caused me a single problem. When I go out my back door every morning to walk my dogs, I greet them with a smile and soak in their serenity and their silence. You see, I live next to a graveyard. Now, I've talked to a lot of people who think it's creepy to live 20 feet from a graveyard, but I've never been bothered by it a bit. I always get a sense of peace when I walk outside and see it. It always seems beautiful to me, too, whether it's seeing the freshly fallen snow on top of the gravestones in winter or watching the rising sun shine down on them in the summer. My next-door neighbors have never once filled me with fear or a sense of dread. Instead, they've always served as a reminder that one day my body, too, will wear down and surrender to the grave. Yet my soul will continue on. A greater life to come a life full of never-ending joy and love my next-door neighbors also remind me each morning when i see them that every day in this life here is precious not a one should be wasted they should all be lived fully completely and wonderfully they should all be lived with love for god ourselves and each other they should be filled with kindness for everyone we meet they should be overflowing with gratitude to god and giving to others it should be a glorious sharing of joy between all of us I hope that one day we see this whole world as our neighbor, that we spend each day sharing our love with them. I hope that we see each day here as precious and live it accordingly. And I hope that we never fear the grave, but instead look forward to greater life to come. From John 14, 1 through 4, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. As always, thanks so much,
1: uh, Glenn. Coming up next hour here on Morning Air, Joe Zalat, the Director of Education and Ethicist at the National Catholic Bioethics Center, uh, will be with us to discuss the ethics of surrogacy and Pope Francis's call for a global ban on surrogacy. Plus, our Spiritual Director, Father James Kabicki, will join us to talk about bishops on retreat and going on retreat as a New Year's resolution. So stay with us. There's much more to come on this Thursday in our number two of morning air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.